الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته begin by praising Allah, asking Allah to exalt the mention and grant peace to our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to his family and his companions. We have another uh, installment in the tafsir series where we're making the tafsir of Juz Amma and Juz Tabarak inshaAllah ta'ala as much as Allah makes easy for us and we have reached Suratul Bayyina. And alhamdulillah, the videos have gone back to being uh, broadcast via YouTube premiere. Uh, that makes it a little bit easier for me. And I enjoy that because we record the video prior to the class. And it means that we can be online when the video is going live so that the students can get used to the same class time. We're doing it 7 p.m. on a Friday night for Tafsir and 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night for Bulugh al-Maram. Both of those are UK time. That's 10 p.m. Dubai time. So... If you're watching this video at the time that it's being broadcast, then you will find there is a chat window where you can ask questions and I will try to answer as many of them as possible. And if you're watching it later on, then inshallah ta'ala, you know that the class takes place at a regular time for those people who can make that. And inshallah ta'ala, that, that way works best for everybody. As I said, we reached the tafsir of Surah Al-Bayyina. And Surah Al-Bayyina, it has a number of different names. Um, most famously, it's either known as Surah Al-Bayyina because of the word Al-Bayyina which comes uh, until the Bayyina comes to them. And likewise, it is also known as Surah Lam Yakun because of the two, first two words, Surah Lam Yakun. It has some other names which are not as well-known. Uh, it's uh, Some of them called it Surat al-Infikak um, from the word Mumfakkin, Infikak. Uh, Surat al-Bariya, Ula'ika. Sharrul bariya Khayrul bariya So the word Surat al-Bariya is also known by that term uh, as well. But the well-known opinion is, of course, that it is Surat al-Bayyina and it's sometimes called Surat Lam Yakun. As for this uh, surah, where it was revealed, then the Jumhur, the majority of the scholars of Tafsir, they said that this surah is Madaniyya. Now, it's interesting because of the reason for this. There is a hadith and the hadith is narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. And this hadith is the hadith of Anas radiallahu anhu regarding Ubay ibn Ka'b. Ubay ibn Ka'b, uh, one of the leaders of the Ansar radiallahu ta'ala anhu arda. What do we know about Ubay ibn Ka'b? Can you guys have a think? Ubay ibn Ka'b, very many, many things, but very famously, the hadith that comes to mind, the hadith in uh, Sahih Muslim, in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya Abel Mundir, Atadri Ayya Ayatim min kitabillahi Ma'aka A'zam. He said, Atadri Ayyu Ayatim min kitabillahi Ma'aka A'zam. 
Do you know, O Abel Munzir, O Ubay ibn Ka'b, do you know which ayah according to you is the greatest ayah in the book of Allah? قَالَ قُلْتُ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَعْلَمُ He said, Allah and His Messenger know best. We've mentioned this in other classes, what that means. It means Allah knows best and Allah has given the revelation to the Prophet so about uh, what of, which of which is best, so Allah and His Messenger know best. The Prophet said to him, Ya Abal Munzir, or Abal Munzir, Atadri, ayu ayatin min kitabillahi ma'aka a'zam. He said, and he emphasized that again the word ma'aka in your, according to you. You know, he's kind of saying, O Abu Munzir, according to you, which ayah is the greatest ayah in the book of Allah? And it's like here Ubay understands radiallahu and the Prophet is asking him that he, he should give an answer. Uh, and his first is his beautiful etiquette with the Prophet he just replies, Allah and his messenger know best. The Prophet is not going to give him the answer now. He's going to say to him, what do you think? قَالَ قُلْتُ اللَّهُ قُلْتُ قَالَ قُلْتُ I said, Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. Allah, there is no God but him, al-hayyul qayyum. Ayatul Kursi. قَالَ فَضَّرَبَ فِي صَدَرِي He said, the Prophet struck on my chest. وَقَالْ وَاللَّهِ وَاللَّهِ لِيَهْنِكَ الْعِلْمُ أَبَلْ مُنْذِرِ He said, by Allah, may Allah make you rejoice with this knowledge, O Abu al-Munzir. So Ubay ibn Ka'b, he was a great scholar of the Qur'an. He was a great scholar in fiqh and fatawa and a great leader among the Muslims. So this surah, Surah Al-Bayyina, it has a connection to Ubay ibn Ka'b and the hadiths in Bukhari and Muslim. That the Prophet said, Inna amarani, Allah commanded me to read to you. Lam min kitab He said, Did Allah mention my name to you? The Prophet said, Allah commanded me to read to you. لَمْ يَكُنِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ He said to the Prophet ﷺ, Did Allah name me, mention my name to you? The Prophet ﷺ said, Yes. Then Ubay ibn Ka'ab began to cry. And we said the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim and Tirmidhi and Nasa'i and others from the hadith of Anas ibn Malik. So this is a great virtue of Ubay ibn Ka'ab that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned him by name to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and commanded the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to recite this surah or what is mentioned in this part of the hadith, the first part of the ayah. Now the question is, if this hadith is our evidence that this surah is madaniyah, is this hadith enough of an evidence? Now, you guys know now, you've heard a lot of discussion around this topic. We've also done before Al-Muqaddimah, uh, the, the introduction to Ulum uh, Tafsir, the science of Tafsir. From what you've heard, is this hadith enough for you to say conclusively that this surah is Madaniyah? Now, Ubay ibn Ka'ab, no doubt, 
Ansari uh, uh, that, that, that aspect is Medina But is this hadith Is this hadith enough to say to us This surah was Madaniya The answer is In that form no Because in that form it simply says That Allah commanded me to read the surah to you And it doesn't mention where the surah was revealed So it could have been revealed in In Mecca and then when the Prophet ﷺ at a particular time, Allah commanded him, recite this surah to obey Ibn Ka'b. However, in some of the narrations of the hadith, it mentions, Allah. Allah sent down this surah at that time. So this is a sabab nuzul, it's a cause of revelation, and it also tells us that this surah is madaniya, and that is the opinion of the jumhur, the majority of the scholars of At-Tafsir. This surah talks about the mushrikeen and Ahlul Kitab. And it is one of, or it has places in it that are among the hardest ayat for tafsir in the Quran. And we don't say the hardest, and we can't really make an accurate comparison as to what is the hardest or not. But there are parts of the surah that are very, very difficult to go into detail in the, when you go into detail in the tafsir of them, they're very difficult to um, to to find which of the different opinions is stronger than the other. It's not that they're hard to understand, but it's you have, for example, in the first ayah, something like between thirteen to maybe even nineteen or so different opinions of the scholars of tafsir about the about the ayah and it's not easy to understand how to how to make tarjih how to prefer one of them over the other or some of them over the other. some of them yes you can discount and you can kind of say well that's a little bit far-fetched and so on but it's not an easy surah for tafsir um, we're going to try to keep it as simple as possible. We're going to try and keep away from some of the more complicated aspects. And uh, inshallah ta'ala, that's in line with the aims of the course, inshallah. But we're going to continue and we're going to look at the, 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 the surah from, uh, or with the, you know, in, in the way that, we, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes easy for us. But I would like to start by talking about the people mentioned. So mentioned are Ahlul Kitab and mentioned are Al-Mushrikun. Uh, the mushrikun comes from the word shirk. Ashraka yushriku fahuwa mushrik. Ashraka, he committed shirk. Yushriku, he is committing shirk. And the person who does that is a mushrik. And uh, the word, obviously, shirk, in a linguistic sense, it means to associate or to make a partner with something. And of course, Islamically, uh, shirk is the opposite of At-Tawheed, of Tawheed. And the surah, one of the themes of the surah is Ash-Shirk wa Tawheed, Tawheed wa Shirk. Uh, we're going to come to that inshallah ta'ala. The oneness of Allah and the opposite of that, which is making a partner with Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, the word therefore mushrik is a very general word and it covers every person who makes a partner with Allah, everyone who gives some or, or one or more of Allah's rights to someone or something else. 
including those who give Allah's rights to people, those who give Allah's rights to the dead, those who give Allah's rights to the stars, those who give all of Allah's rights or some of Allah's rights or one of Allah's, all of this is shirk. But here, there is a usage which is quite specific because they mention alongside Ahlul Kitab. And Ahlul Kitab are Al-Yahudu and Nasara. They are the Jews and the Christians. And they're called Ahlul Kitab, the people of the book, because they are a people to whom prophets were sent and scripture was given and they remained connected to that scripture to a greater or lesser degree. To a greater or lesser degree. And of course, not all of them are uh, as connected to that scripture as they would have been commanded to be. And some of them are, are truthful, some of them are not. Uh, some of them are very practicing, some are not. But ultimately, they have a connection to a kitab, to scripture that was given before them. And they are Al-Yahudu and Nasara, the Jews and the Christians. Now, Ahlul Kitab, and we need to establish this, and we need to hammer this point home, are not Muslim. And a lot of regular Muslims listen to the words Ahlul Kitab along with the words mushrikeen, and they think that Ahlul Kitab are not mushrikun. I, Ahlul Kitab, don't make partners with Allah. And I've actually had this discussion with numerous people, not once, I can probably say a, f a few times, I don't know if I can put a number on it, but I can remember instances where the argument has been that Ahlul Kitab are not kuffar. Because Allah mentions الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا and He mentions Ahlul Kitab. He mentions the Kafir and He mentions Ahlul Kitab. This is absolutely, and one of the clearest refutations of this is this surah. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمِ Indeed, those who disbelieve from Ahlul Kitab, from the people of the book. Likewise, the statement of Allah Not those who your anger is upon or those who have gone astray. The Prophet ﷺ told us that they are Al-Yahudu and Nasara, the Jews and the Christians. Likewise, the statement of Allah That disbelieved are the people who say that Allah is one of a trinity. And so many ayat in the Quran that prove that Ahlul Kitab are kuffar. They are disbelievers. However, they are a special class of disbeliever because they are relatively close to Islam and to accepting Islam because they have a strong connection to previous prophets and previous scripture. And that's an opportunity for us to call them in da'wah. And that is why Allah says, for example, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ that Allah said in Surah Ali Imran, say, O people of the book, come to a word that is just between you and I, that we will worship none but Allah and we will not make any partners with Him. So here, Allah mentions those who disbelieve from Ahlul Kitab. Sometimes the word Ahlul Kitab could be used in the Quran to refer to what we call Muslimi Ahlul Kitab. Muslimi Ahlul Kitab. The Muslims 
from Ahl Kitab, i.e. those people from Ahl Kitab who accepted Islam, who accepted Islam. They could be called Ahlul Kitab in some instances. But here, the ayah talks about Alladheena kafaru min Ahl Kitab, those who disbelieve from Ahlul Kitab, and those who disbelieve from the Mushrikeen. So here, when the two are mentioned together, and this is very common in the Qur'an, in fact, it's a methodology of the Qur'an, and generally speaking, that there are many words that on their own could be widened to cover lots of things, but when they're mentioned with those things together, each one takes on a unique meaning, like Islam and Iman, for example. When Islam is mentioned on its own, it covers Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. When Iman is mentioned on its own, it covers Islam and Iman and Ihsan. But when the Prophet ﷺ mentions Islam and Iman together in the same sentence, so Islam has one meaning and Iman has another. So here, the word mushrik can cover everyone who makes a partner with Allah, but in this ayah, it is contrasted with Ahlul Kitab. So here, Ahlul Kitab are the disbelievers in this ayah, the disbelievers from the Jews and the Christians, and the mushrikeen are the disbelievers from among the polytheistic Arabs and the polytheistic non-Arabs also, al-Arab wal-Ajam, the Arabs and the non-Arabs who were purely polytheistic, i.e. they didn't have any of that scripture or prophets they went back to, they just worshipped idols. And we know that the shirk, that exist among the Christians and the Jews, generally speaking, was different to the shirk that existed among al-mushrikun, the, the Arab and the non-Arab polytheistic uh, idol worshippers. Now, that doesn't mean that there were never any kind of idols in Judaism and Christianity, because there are some Christian sects that do have statues and things like that, um, and they do pray to them, and they do venerate them and things like that. But generally speaking, the shirk is different. Even, you know, a lot of times we don't know, uh, you know, for ex as an example, the shirk that exists among, uh, among for example, uh, adherence to Judaism, for example, among the Jews. That often that shirk, for, for in many cases, and the Christians as well, but especially among the Jews, because Judaism appears to be more monotheistic than Christianity, right? Like generally speaking, Christianity, not everyone, but a lot, the majority of Christians are Trinitarian. They will tell you, I believe that, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ta'ala Allah amma yaqulun. High is Allah, al-wahid al-qahar, above what they lie about him. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not thalithu thalatha. He's not one of a trinity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ilahun wahid, a single God that is alone and nobody deserves to be worshipped but him. But the majority, majority of Christians are Trinitarian Christians, a lot of them. However, when we look at Judaism, it appears to be much, much more monotheistic. So where is the shirk in that? A lot of times the shirk is with regard to making halal what Allah made haram and following the rabbis who make haram what Allah made halal. And in that, for example, you can have a look at you can research topic of Talmud, for example. We talk about the rabbis legislating things which they know that Almighty God made forbidden and they make it permissible. 
and legislating things that they know that Allah Jalla fi ula made permissible and they make it forbidden and making up their own religion where, and the people following them in that. So the Prophet like he said, this is your worship of them. So this is just one example. It's not the only kind of shirk, but it just shows you that the kind of shirk among Ahl Kitab is often different to the kind of shirk among the Mushrikeen. We talked about, for example, sihr, magic, is very much associated with certain sects within Judaism and also some within Christianity as well. But again, you see differences. وَقَالَتِ الْيَهُودِ عُزَيْرٌ إِبْنُ اللَّهِ وَقَالَتِ النَّصَارَ الْمَسِيحُ إِبْنُ اللَّهِ The Jews said the Uzair is the son of Allah and the Christians said that the Messiah is the son of Allah. So here, what you can see is that the kinds of shirk and the kinds of beliefs were different from the mushrikeen who said, Have you seen Allah and Al-Uzza and Manat, the third, the other one? So here, there is a difference in the types of shirk and so the two are separated from one another. Ahlul Kitab wal Mushrikeen, even though they are both joined by a wasp, by a description, they are all of them alladheena kafaru, disbelievers. All of them are kuffar, alladheena kafaru. They are the disbelievers, but their disbelief and their shirk that they do is different. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala separated between them. Ahl Kitab wal Mushrikeen. And then we came to this word, munfakkeen. Now I'm going to stop with this word. I'm going to come back to it because the rest of the ayah is not so difficult. Until the bayina came to them. The bayina linguistically is a clear, indisputable evidence. Dalilun wadihun bayin. A clear and a burhan. A clear, undoubtable, indisputable evidence. What is this bayina? There are two mainstream uh, opinions. There are actually more, but here there are two that, uh, that, that we can see here. The first is that the bayina is the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the second is that the bayina is the Qur'an. But we'll come to that in the next ayah. For now, let's just say we'll take the opinions, the most common, that is the Rasul. Well, the Qawl Jumhur, the majority, they said that the bayina is the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So those people who disbelieve, from the people of the book and the polytheistic Arabs and non-Arabs were alam yakun, yani they are not going to stop because kana yakunu here you feel it's like it's like continuity. Lam yakun, they are not going to stop being munfakin. They're not going to stop being munfakin until the bayina the Rasul or the Qur'an comes to them. So this word munfakin is the one in which there was so much debate and discussion about what it meant. I'm not going to mention 15 different opinions. And some of them are aqwal ba'id, and they're a little bit far-fetched and they're a little bit difficult really to see where they came from. But we're going to look at certain uh sort of uh, easier or, or certain certain important elements of uh, this tafsir. So we're going to look at the opinion of Ibn Kathir. 
and we're going to look at the opinion of Ibn Jarir al-Tabari rahimahullah ta'ala and we're going to look at uh, some one or two other points inshallah so uh, one of uh, the opinions that we want to we want to look at here and Ibn Ashur rahimahullah ta'ala he he summarized it in in five different opinions but even there i think that some of them are are difficult to or, or are not needed to mention at least not in this kind of class at this kind of level so ibn kathir he said that mujahid said lam yakunu munfakkin muntahin hatta yatabayyana lahum alhaq meaning they will not stop they said the word munfakkin means they will not stop meaning they will not stop their misguidance they will not stop their kufr until this bayina comes to them. This bayina comes to them. So they're not going to stop this until the bayina comes to them. And if we take to be the Rasul, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ibn Kathir, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he said the Quran. But in any case, when it comes to them, this is what is going to stop them from their kufr or is going to take people among them who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses out of disbelief and out of their misguidance because this bayina came to them so in this tafsir we would read it that the translation we would translate it as that those who disbelieve from the people of the book and the polytheists will not cease to disbelieve until a clear evidence comes to them. This is one opinion. The second opinion we're going to look at is that they were united together until the Prophet came. How is that? They were together until the Prophet came. Meaning all of them agreed that when this Prophet will come, we will support him, we will believe, we will be with him. So the Mushrikeen from the Arabs, they said that, and for example from the Ansar, because remember Medina is the perfect way to look at this, because Medina you had the Ansar who were there from the Aus and the Khazraj, uh, you had the Jews uh, who were there, and the Jews were forever, you know, um, sort of threatening the Aus and the Khazraj, and saying to them that, you know, when the Prophet comes, we are going to be his supporters, we're going to be with him, and we're going to, you know, we're going to kill you, qatla ad, we're going to slaughter you like ad was slaughtered, because you people are polytheists and so on. And this whole concept was there that there is this Prophet coming, and everyone was in agreement about following him and believing in him, and you know that we're going to fight you over it, and so on. What made them munfakkin, muftariqin, and what made them split apart is that the Prophet actually came. And this is, the, this is looking at things the other way around. So we said that the first uh, opinion that we're going to take is that, they, that this ayah refers to the Muslims among Ahl Kitab who were taken out of their kufr by the coming of the Prophet And the second one that we're going to say is that the 
that the Prophet وسلم, that they were together, they were they believed in or they were they were sure that they were going to follow the Prophet. وسلم, and what split them apart is that he actually came. When he came, that was what split them. That was what split them apart. Uh, as for Ibn Jarir, uh, Ibn Jarir, Rahimullah uh, Ta'ala, Ibn Jarir, uh, he mentions uh, this that Kanu Muttafiqeen ala sifatihi wa rasul, that they were uh, in agreement on his description, they were in agreement that he was a rasul, and when then, when they, when he came, they all split up. Some of them believed, some disbelieved, some followed, some didn't, some uh, claimed different things, but they all separated from each other when he came. So when the bayina came, that was what made them, that was what made them uh, split. That was what made them uh, split up. And there are other, there are other opinions as well. We'll look through the opinions that Ibn Ashur uh, mentioned. One of the one of the well known another opinion, third one. I'll just I'll, I'll suffice with this third one is that they will not munfakin means means muhlikin that they will not die. Until the bayina comes to them, meaning We will not punish them until a messenger is sent. So they won't be munfakin, I separated from the dunya. They won't die and pass away in the dunya until I those people at that time they 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 didn't you know pass away and they weren't given a punishment, no hailstones came from the sky, no wind blew, you know, tore their houses apart, until the Prophet came to them. But these are three that we will mention that is, inshallah ta'ala, sufficient, otherwise it's going to get more complicated. So what is the bayina is the next question. Because here, Rasulun min Allahi yatlu suhufan mutahara. What it appears is that this is tafsir al-Qur'ani bil-Qur'an. The tafsir of the Quran using the Quran because the Allah Rasulun. Until the bayina comes, what is the bayina? Rasulun. Min That it is a messenger from Allah who is reciting suhufan mutahara, purified suhuf, purified scripture. Here, as we said, Ibn Kathir, it, it appears that Ibn Kathir, he preferred that it is the Qur'an. Akin, inshallah, those two are not far away from each other. Akin, inshallah, what it appears is that it, it doesn't really make sense to go away from the tafsir that is already mentioned in the surah itself. Rasulun min Allahi yatlu suhufan mutahara. The Prophet used to recite. He used to recite salawatullahi wa salamu and he didn't used to read. He didn't used to read because he was not, like he said, ma'ana biqari. I'm not a reader. I'm not someone who can read. But Allah Azza wa Jal, he gave him the ability to read 
like they say uh, like from that what was what his heart Allah had put into his heart his memorization that Allah had put into his heart and the Prophet وسلم, recited what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put into his heart what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it kept within his heart like in, in Surah uh, Al-Qiyamah لا تحرك بلسانك لتعجل به Don't make your tongue move trying to remember like as if you're trying to bring it quickly you're trying to remember it don't don't move your tongue you know as if you're trying to keep something in your mind and you just keep and you're trying to make your tongue move إن علينا جمعه وقرآنه فإذا قرأناه فاتبع قرآنه we will bring it together for you and we will give you the ability to be able to recite it, to be able to say it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put that for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These suhuf, suhuf is a scroll or a, a scripture. Yet Allah Azza wa Jal didn't give the Prophet وسلم, a physical scripture as was given to some of the Prophets before. Uh, like Musa was given al-alwah, the tablets, where he had the stone tablets, which is he was able to to read from a sahifa, from a suhf, from from a scripture. Whereas the Prophet وسلم, he was told to read from the speech of Allah, which is the Quran, and that speech is kept preserved. Uh, in purified scrolls. Those scrolls are the scrolls that are mentioned in Surah Abasa, Abasa wa Tawalla. In scrolls that are honored, noble, raised up and pure, i.e. in the Lohul Mahfuz, in the hands of angels who are noble and righteous. So the Prophet ﷺ used to recite the Qur'an and the Qur'an is recorded in the Lawh al-Mahfuz fi suhufin mukarrama marfu'atin mutahhara bi'aydi safara kiramin barara fi suhufin yatlu suhufan mutahhara fiha kutubun qayyimah fiha kutubun qayyimah Now in these scriptures there are books in the scriptures, there are books. Now, here we have some different opinions about what the word kutub means here. It's said that the word kutub, it means maktub, something which is written down. Meaning, in the suhuf, in the scripture, there are kutub, a maktubat, things that are written down. Things which have been written down, which are qayyimah. And it's also said that the kutub, they mean the ayat. It means the ayat of the Qur'an. Fiha kutubun, ay fiha ayatun qayyimah. And it's also said that the word kutub, it means al-ahkam, the rulings and the regulations. Because the word kataba, it can mean, it can be given to mean uh, hakama or uh, to, to make a judgment or even to make, you know, uh, qada, it can be used like that. Uh, for example, 
Ya amanu kutiba alaykum al-siyam. O you who believe, fasting has been ruled to be obligatory for you. A ruling has been made that it's obligatory. So I said kutub here can mean al-ahkam, the rules and the regulations which are found within the recitation of the Prophet ﷺ that he recited uh, and or the ayat. Both of these can be can be fine, inshallah. Both of these are acceptable to, to take as a tafsir. Qayyimah here, it means, it doesn't mean, Qayyimah here has nothing to do with what we say today is al-qiyam, like uh, manners and values. Qayyimah here, it means, uh, like Ibn Jarir, rahimullah ta'ala, he said, adila uh, mustaqimah. Uh, they are mustaqim. They bring about istiqama. They bring about upright. They make they make you they make it uh, make you an upright person, righteous, uh, just, um, you know, correct. Uh, they don't have any mistakes in them. All of these are things that are mentioned for the word qayyimah. So there are ayat which have no mistakes, ayat which bring about righteousness and being an upright Muslim ayat which are just ayat, which are at the, you know, at the peak of perfection. All of this comes under qayyimah. Uh, like Ibn Jarir, rahimullah ta'ala, he mentioned, laysa fiha khata. There are no mistakes in them. And like Allah Azza wa said, deenan qiyama, deenan qiyama, i.e. mustaqim, meaning upright, it doesn't have any iwaj in it, any uh, crookedness in it, or anything flawed in it. It's completely upright and completely perfect. Then Allah Azza wa Jal, and we'll come to the next uh, uh, ayah. Uh, that Allah Azza wa Jalla said, "وَمَا تَفَرَّقَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْهُمُ الْبَيِّنَةِ." And the people who were given the book didn't become separated until after the bayina came to them. This is telling about what happened to the people who were given scripture prior to us. And the bayina here doesn't have to be the same bayina that is mentioned in the first ayah. Here is telling us about what happened to the people who came before. And what happened to the people who came before is tafarraqu. They became firaq, they became sects, and they became groups, and they became divided among themselves after the truth came to them. And this can be seen from Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 105. And don't be like those people who split up and differed with each other after the clear proofs came to them and they will have a great punishment. So Allah gave them the proof and established the proof to them and yet after that proof came, they became sects and groups. And that is what we are warned against in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu 
كلها في النار إلا واحدة قالوا من هم يا رسول الله قال من أنا عليه وأصحابي He said that the Jews differed and they became 71 sects and the Christians differed and they became 72 sects and this Ummah will break up into 73 sects all of them are in the fire except one the Sahaba, they said, who are that one, O Messenger of Allah? He said, what me and my companions are upon. What me and my companions are upon. Ibn Jarir, rahimullah ta'ala, he actually links this ayah to the first one. Because remember, Ibn Jarir, he said that they were all together believing in the characteristics that were described about the Prophet and that he's going to come and that they're going to be his followers until he came. So Ibn Jarir links it and says, this ayah is explaining the same uh, or similar kind of concept here. That the Ahlul Kitab were all together until the proof came to them. And that is exactly what happened when the Prophet came. They were all together. And then when the Prophet came, they split into groups because the truth came and the proof came, then they split into groups, those who believed, those who didn't believe, those who supported, those who didn't, and so on. And they, they differed among each other and they fought among each other after the proof came. Others, they said, that this is simply explaining what happened before. What they did, what they, the, the, the sunnah of Ahl Kitab is that when the proof came to them, that's when they split up. And warning the Muslims from being like that. And from being from the people of Al-Bid'ah, the people of innovation and desires, who, when the proof comes to them, they break up into groups. Every group is, you know, Every group is content with what they have. Every group is happy with what they've got. In other words, every group goes away thinking that they're upon the truth. All of them are in the fire, except one what the Prophet and his companions are upon. And this is from the Ahadith that tells you so clearly, without a shadow of a doubt, that what is obligatory upon you and that which the ijma' of the Muslims is upon, that it is obligatory for you to follow the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet in the way that the Sahaba and the Salaf of this Ummah understood it. And anyone who says anything other than that Fawallah, this person is among the people who have followed the Sunnah of Ahl Kitab. The Haqq came and the Bayina came and they took a different way. And they took ikhtilaf and they disagreed with each other and they fought with each other. Min ba'di ma ja'athumul Bayina, after the Bayina came to them. Because the Bayina is clear here. You were given a book and a Rasul. رسول من الله يتلو صحفا مطهرة فيها كتب قيمة. And among what you were given is the command to follow the Sahaba رضي الله عنهم. فإن آمنوا بمثل ما آمنتم به فقد اهتدوا. If they believe like you people believe, they are guided. وإن تولوا فإنما هم في شقاق. And if they turn away, then they are only in disarray. They are differing from you, from the companions radiallahu anhum. Radiallahu anhum wa Allah is pleased with them, they are pleased with him. And so many statements. All of them Allah promised paradise. Allah Jalla fi ula told you, he sent you a Rasul, he sent you a Quran, he sent you the command 
what me and my companions are upon, this is your bayina. How can you then have iftiraq and form this group and this group and that group? And this one is learning from the Indians and this one is learning from the Greeks and this one is learning from the Romans and from the disbelievers among them and the philosophers among them. And this one is learning the beliefs of the Christians and the Jews and taking those beliefs into Islam. And this one is resembling the polytheists and this one is resembling all. Subhanallah, you were given a bayina, you were given a Rasul and a book and a command to follow the Rasul and to follow the companions radiallahu anhum. That's the bayina. And that's what we should never depart from. And this ayah also contains a warning against resembling Ahl Kitab, resembling the people of the book, so that we don't resemble them and we don't appear like them and we don't even come near to them in any way. Because these are people who, subhanallah, when you see, you can see that they are people who the haqq came to them, the truth came to them, and then they went away. And then they went away, either because they didn't know the truth and they were adalun, or because they knew the truth, but they were too jealous and too oppressive and too full of evil and hatred to follow it, like al-maghdubi alayhim. So we must never ever be like that, like al-maghdubi alayhim, and we must never ever be like adalun, and we must make our effort to separate ourselves from Ahl Kitab. And no doubt Ahl Kitab, they have a closeness to us in the sense of there is a, an, it should be easy to call them to Islam. And it should be easy to bring them to Islam by the permission of Allah Azza wa Jal. And we've mentioned in our hadith in Bulugh al-Maram, the hadith of Mu'adh, إِنَّكَ تَأْتِي قَوْمًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ You're going to a people of the book. فَلْيَكُنْ أَوَّلَ مَا تَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَيْهِ شَهَادَةَ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهِ Let the first thing you call them be to worship, to the worship of Allah, to the fact that there is one God who deserves to be worshipped and no God that deserves to be worshipped but Him to the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal. But ultimately, we recognize that Al-Kitab, they differed from the truth. They formed groups and sects and they turned away from, from the truth after it came to them. So we don't want to be like those people. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ And they were only commanded to worship Allah. SubhanAllah. They were only commanded. Allah Azza wa Jal didn't command them to make these sects and groups and this ikhtilaf and this debate and this argumentation. But Allah commanded them to worship Allah. مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ And to make the religion sincerely for him alone. That's what Allah commanded the Muslims and he commanded Ahlul Kitab and he commanded the mushrikeen, and he commanded man fil ardi jami'a, everyone on the earth. He commanded them from the jinn and from the men. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ We only created the jinn and the men to worship me alone. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ They were only commanded to worship Allah. How can someone after this ayah, this bayina, after this ayah came to them, say that Islam is not built upon tawheed? For wallah, if Islam is not built upon Tawheed, then what is Islam built upon? وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ They were only commanded to worship Allah. That's it. 
That's what Islam is. All of Islam, from the, all of the furu', all of the pillars, the salah, the zakah, the hajj, the fasting, every single bit of it, all of it is لتحقيق عبادة الله to establish the worship of Allah and for the religion to be ikhlas sincerely only solely for Allah alone Hunafa the word Hunafa it comes originally from Al-Mail to turn away from Hunafa to, to incline away move away from something not so much sometimes the translation they call it inclining towards but actually Hunafa is the opposite it's actually Turning away from something, inclining away from something. So here, what are they going away from? They're going away from a shirk, with all of its types. Tathleeth, the Trinity, and the rabbis and the monks who were legislating what Allah didn't legislate, and the idols and the belief in the stars and the jibt and the tagut and the magic and the all of the things that the people believed in, turning away from all of that. So when you turn your face away from every kind of shirk, what is left? What is left is worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal alone. And that is what the religion of Islam is called. It is Hanif. It's the religion of Ibrahim. Millati Ibrahim. It is the religion of Ibrahim. Hanifa. Millat Ibrahim Hanifa, the religion of Ibrahim, which is Hanif, turn away from everything except worshiping Allah alone. Hunafa, and the word Hunafa here is the second part of any the the Shahadatain, and here the word Hunafa you can you can take from it Al Bara'a, min al Shirki wa Ahli that we turn away from and we disassociate ourselves and we cut ourselves off from a shirk and we cut ourselves off from the people of shirk. We have nothing to do with a shirk billahi azawajal. And we have nothing to do with the people who do it from Ahl Kitab, from the Mushrikeen, from all of the different types of the kuffar. قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ I don't worship what you worship. I never did and I won't and I'm not and I never will. That's what kafirun means, right? We did the tafsir from Surah Al-Kafirun. Here this is the word Hunafa. I'm turning away from everything else to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. To worship Allah azza wa alone. And the salah here, they establish the prayer because the salah is an essential part of the religion. And the salah is the most important of the physical acts. And it's the most important of the financial acts. The zakah. They give the zakah. They establish the prayer and they give the zakah. And this is also an evidence that actions are an essential part of your religion. It's not enough that your heart turns away from shirk and turns towards tawheed. Rather, you have to bring a'mal saliha. You have to bring righteous actions. salah. And this is the religion which is. And here, Deen al Qayyimah is another one that's very difficult to make tafsir of. Because it, the understanding is, is not too bad. The word Deen meaning a religion or a way of life. And Qayyimah, we said, is, is, uh, is either Mustaqima 
or Mu'tadila, it's either righteous or upright or fair or just uh, or balanced or whatever you want to call it. Um, But broadly speaking here, without getting too complicated, some of the scholars of tafsir, they said that it refers to the ummah, uh, that it is an ummah. We are, it's the religion of the ummah, which is mustaqimah. The religion of the ummah, which is the upright ummah. The ummah that is standing upright with no uh, corruption in it and no, um, no deviation in it. And some of them said that it refers to the millah, the, the way of worshipping Allah. That the way of worshipping Allah is istiqamah. It's being firm and upright. And istiqamah also is a huge topic. But we've talked about some of the different definitions in the past. I've done some explanations of the of the, the ayah. Those who say our Lord is Allah, then they stand firm, stand upright. That some, uh, for example, some of the, the companions, they had different explanations of it. Some of them said it's to worship Allah, not to make any partner with him. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and other explanations of this. But it is the religion that has istiqamah in it. It's the religion that has uprightness and, and being firm and upright and being far away from, uh, you know, sliding or veering off to the left and the right, staying on the straight path. And likewise, it is the ummah that is upright uh, and the nation that is upright. And we mentioned كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةٍ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ تَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ You're the best nation that was ever brought out for the people. You command what is good and you forbid what is evil and you believe in Allah. So I didn't want to get too complicated with Deen Al-Qayyimah because a lot of the complication is a linguistic problem. Like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's difficult to explain grammatically and linguistically. But it's, in terms of the meaning, inshallah ta'ala, those are two of the most uh, common um, uh, meanings that are taken, that either the, it's the ummah that is upright or the religion and the ways, the practicing within the religion that is upright and just. Now, Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, He told us, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمْ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ شَرُّ الْبَرِيَةِ Indeed, those who disbelieve from the people of the book and the mushrikeen, the polytheists from the Arabs and the non-Arabs are in the fire of Jahannam, living therein forever. They are the worst of creation. شَرُّ الْبَرِيَةِ Allah Azza wa Jal described them as the worst of creation. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he didn't even say they are the worst of the jinn and the men. He said they are the worst of creation. They are worse than the animals. They're worse than the insects. They're worse than the, you know, the, even the animals that are, that are, what's the word? That are, you know, looked down upon. The animals that are unclean. Even, they are even worse than them. They are sharrul bariyah. They're the worst of all of the things that Allah created. Those people who disbelieve from Ahl Kitab and Mushrikeen. And it's another evidence for the fact that we should not be copying them, resembling them. And whoever resembles a people is one of them. In contrast to them, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ خَيْرُ الْبَرِيَةِ 
Those who believe and do good deeds, they are the best of everything that Allah created. In the first ayah we're talking about here, it's the ayah number six. I want to again just clarify, Ahl Kitab and Al-Mushrikeen, both of them are in Nar, Jahannam. And that again gets you away from those people who misunderstood some of the ayat of the Qur'an, like the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالَّذِينَ هَادُوا وَالنَّصَارَى وَالصَّابِئِينَ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ They understood this to mean that the Jews and the Christians and the Muslims will all be happy in Jannah together and so on. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمِ Those who disbelieve from the people of the book and the mushrikeen will be in Nari Jahannam. Rather, the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, there are different opinions about it. Some of the scholars said it is mansukha, it's abrogated, and others, and I believe it's not abrogated. Rather, it's the statement of Allah, مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا Whoever believes in Allah and the last day and does good deeds, i.e. the Jews who then believe in Allah and they believe in the prophets that were sent to them and the last prophet that was sent, they will be in Jannah. The Christians who believe in the prophets that were sent to them, the scripture was sent to them and then when they see the Prophet Muhammad they believe in him, they will be in Jannah and not those people who believe in Musa and then disbelieve in Isa and Muhammad or those people who believe in Isa but then disbelieved in Muhammad they will be those people who disbelieve in the prophets even if it is one of them they will be in the fire of Jahannam and they'll be in it forever and they are the worst of all the things that Allah created because here bara'a it means khalaqa for Allah to, means create, so bariya, they are al-makhluqat, the things which Allah, al-khaliqa, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. Those people who believe and they believe in their hearts and, and they affirm their belief with their tongues and they do righteous deeds with their tongues and their limbs, iman, the iman that is in the heart and on the tongue and with the limbs, they are khayrul bariyah. They are khayrul bariyah. They are the best of all that Allah Azza wa Jal created. Allah Azza wa Jal said, Jazauhum inda rabbihim jannatu adanin tajri min tahtiha al-anharu khalidina fiha abada radiyallahu anhum waradu an thalika liman khashya rabbah. Jazauhum, the recompense, and jaza can be used for good or bad, but here for good. The recompense, i.e. the reward of the people who do believe and do good deeds in the sight of their Lord or with their Lord, yawm al-qiyamah, Jannatu Adan, Ay Jannatu Iqama, gardens that they will reside in, a paradise. And the word paradise, it comes from a Jannah. Jannah is what? It's a garden that is so full of its, uh, its greenery and its, uh, it, its the, the, the vegetation and the things that are growing in it that you can't see inside 
to the inside of it because it, it is protected by the lush sort of greenery that is growing around it. That's what the word jim and noon and noon. It is to uh, conceal something, for something to be hidden. And so it's like a hidden garden. Maybe that's a good, is that a good word? A hidden garden. Jannat, the hidden gardens, the gardens that are, what is within them are hidden. Jannatu Adin. Adin here means iqama, yani that they will stay there, where they will reside in them. Tajri min tahtihal anhar. Underneath them, the rivers flow. Underneath them, the rivers flow. Khalidina fiha abada. They will live therein forever. So, underneath the palaces, underneath the trees, underneath the ground, the rivers will flow. And they will be therein forever. Radi Allahu anhum. Allah is pleased with them. And the pleasure of Allah is greater than all the things that Allah had given them in that Jannah. Than the, the rivers and the Anhar and the paradise and the Jannat Adan, the secret gardens, the hidden gardens, better than all of that. The pleasure of Allah is greater than all of that. And that they will look upon the face of Allah Azza wa Jal in Jannah, we'll come to that when we make the tafsir of some of the ayat. Wujuhun yawma idhin, nadirah ila rabbiha nadirah, and so on. Radiyallahu anhum waradu an. And they will be pleased with Allah. They will be pleased with everything Allah has given them. And that's why in, in, the, in the hadith that talk about looking at Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the people of Jannah. Allah will ask them about the contentment they have. And they will say, have you not brightened our faces? Have you not given, they, Allah has given them everything that they want in Jannah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove the veil that is between him and them and they will look upon his face and they will forget all of the blessings that they had in Jannah. Akbar. The pleasure of Allah is greater, but they will be pleased with everything that Allah has given. This is for the one who has khashiya of his Lord. Now we've mentioned khashya in other uh, lectures and classes that it is al-khawf ma'al-ilm. It's fear that comes with knowledge. Fear that comes with knowledge. Fear without knowledge. You know, like when people are scared of things that are going to happen to them, they, can, they, don't, they don't really know what they're scared of. They don't really understand. They're just scared. But al-khashya is when you know what you're scared of. You know Allah and you know the greatness of Allah and you know why Allah is deserving for you to fear Him. And this surah, all of this reward comes from the people who have khashya of Allah. Those people who fear Allah when they're alone. Those people who fear Allah when nobody sees them except Allah. Those people who fear Allah because they know Allah and they know His asma and His sifat, His names and His attributes and His, his af'al, His actions. And because of that, they're scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that, all of that leads them to what? Jannat Adin. Tajri min tahtihal anhar. Khalidina fiha abada. Radiyallahu anhum wa an. All of that from khashya. And that's from the great uh, 
the great rewards and the great position of khashya in Islam, of having fear of Allah that's based upon knowing Allah Azza wa Jalla, knowing his names and attributes and actions, and it keeps a person away from doing the haram, and it leads them to Jannat Adam. It leads them to permanent residence in the gardens, the hidden gardens of paradise, and it leads them to the pleasure of Allah Azza wa Jal and another ila wajhihi al-kareem to look at his noble face subhanahu wa ta'ala all of this comes from al-khashiyah so this is something that we should also look at to develop within ourselves uh, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to correct us and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us our taqwa Allahumma ati nufusana taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru man zakkaha anta waliyuha wa mawlaha Oh Allah, give us our hearts their, their taqwa Give us ourselves, our, give us our nafs, our taqwa And purify us Because you're the, the best of those who purify us You are anta waliyuha You are the one who takes care of us And takes care of our souls And takes care of our hearts And you are the mawla of them, you are the one who protects us, you are the one who takes care of us. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify us and to give us our taqwa and to grant us al-khashya. And that's what Allah made easy for us to mention. In reality, as we said, it is one of the more difficult certain ayat within the surah to make tafsir of. Uh, but we try to just simplify it, keep it easy for people to understand. And inshaAllah ta'ala, we will be continuing as we said, the next class coming up will be Tuesday, inshallah ta'ala, and that's going to be at 7 p.m. UK time. And it's going to be Bulugh al-Maram, Kitab al-Zakah, and Tafsir continuing on a Friday at 7 p.m. as well. That's what Allah made easy for me to mention, and Allah knows best. Wassalatu wassalam. Ala al-mab'uthi rahmatan lil'alameen, Nabiyina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Jazakumullah khairan for watching. Please subscribe, share, and you can visit muhammadtim.com